So this is the last podcast I will be releasing this year. C. McBee has been going for about a year now. It's about a year and a bit. We're in, this is episode 59 or 60, so 52 weeks in the year. I probably started a, a year and a couple months ago uh, as I transitioned over from the, the old podcast, Velocity Podcast. And if you listen to that, and you listen to this, if you transitioned with me from Velocity Podcast to C. McBee, first of all, thank you. Thank you for hanging out for a year. Thank you for listening to all this old stuff. Thank you for just listening to me diatribe about some of the dumbest shit in the universe. Um, but you may have noticed if you've been around for any length of time that every year or so I fall into a, a deep spiral of Steven Seagal. Now this happened on the last episode of Ninja News Japan where I found that there was a Steven Seagal song I had not heard before. So I was listening to a podcast called Behind the Bastards. It's a very good podcast. They look at awful people and then just go through their lives. And they don't even get like particularly critical about how or why they might be awful people. Let's just acknowledge that, you know, sometimes they've had shitty lives. Sometimes they haven't. They did a two-part episode, two hours on Steven Seagal. And I was wondering primarily, is there anything I haven't heard that might make me hate Steven Seagal more? And there wasn't. I've actually, all the, all the like rumors and news and all the things he's done, I actually had heard them all before. And I decided, you know, I know everything about Steven Seagal's life, really. All the stuff that matters. And I heard this song, and the song's awful. It's just terrible. It's like the worst thing ever. And I thought, you know what? I need to wrap up my obsession with Steven Seagal. I need to not have this part of my life anymore. So I thought for the last episode of C. McBee for 2022, the last full year I've done this, ep- this, this podcast, it would be good. Let's let's look at this song by Steven Seagal and then never speak of him again. Now, this might be hard if some news comes out where Steven Seagal does another awful thing or is just particularly stupid or bad. I may be drawn back in. It's not a resolution. I don't really believe in resolutions, but I've decided, you know, it's worth trying to, to move on. And maybe I can hate someone else. Maybe I find a new person that I can dislike just as much, if not more. I mean, because isn't that what dreams are about or exceeding expectations, trying to strive and achieve new things more and better, hating people more thoroughly than I hate Steven Seagal? Is it even possible? There's only one way we'll ever know, and that's if we try. So I'm going to try to essentially wrap up my hate of Steven Seagal in a nice little package, put it in the emotional incinerator of my heart, burn it up so there's nothing left but ash. Because, quite frankly, fuck you, Steven Seagal. So the song I'm going to be talking about is called Strut. And it is a reggae song. Now you might be thinking, oh, Steven Seagal's band, do they do reggae? Well, they do whatever he thinks needs to be done, I think. No, Dave's up in the background too. Woo! Look at that. Look at that beast. So Steven Seagal, I would say, is not of the, the reggae delineation, denomination, I don't know what to say. It's not sort of his genre. His band is a blues band. Now, they are, I would say, in general, talented people. They're there for the paycheck. They're getting paid to do what Steven Seagal wants to be done to make him happy so he will give them more money. This song, Strut, is in a collaboration with a reggae artist called Lady Saw. Now, I didn't look too deep into her background, but I just knew without looking at anything. She's there for the paycheck. I'm sure reggae is a valid artistic format, 
but it's only going to make you so much money. So if a guy like Steven Seagal comes along and he says, I'll give you X amount of hundreds of thousands of dollars to do this song with me and pretend you like me, it would be worth taking the money because it's not going to diminish your value as an artist. I think everyone's going to understand what happened and why. And we should all be just taking Steven Seagal's money if possible anyways. So if you ever get a chance in the rest of your life from this point onwards to take some of Steven Seagal's money, you should take Steven Seagal's money. So I'm going to throw the lyrics up on the screen. This is from a karaoke version of the song. Now, what I noticed immediately is that Lady Saw has an introduction section, which I honestly have a little bit of trouble understanding uh, word for word. Uh, It doesn't actually write out the lyrics until Steven Seagal comes in and they do a little sort of duet back and forth about how much they're, you know, infatuated with each other's um, very specific parts, maybe is the way I would want to say it. So as a thank you to everyone for hanging out, for staying with me for another year of podcasting joy, uh, I'm going to play for you the, the intro of Steven Seagal's strut And then when we get into the lyrics, I'll stop and we'll do a little mini analysis of each part. Um, What I, yeah, I mean, I can't, I don't, I don't want to preamble too much. Let's just get into it. So uh, immediately you'll notice that Lady Saw has immediately thrown to Mr. Steven Seagal. I shouldn't do the accent too much. That's sort of one of the colonial issues that comes with being as fair complexioned as I am. But uh, it's hard not to because Lady Saw, she's got that really strong accent. It's really attractive in its own way. And you want to kind of join in. This is one of the problems of being a white person appropriating culture. Now you could say I'm doing that by accident, but let's be really clear. Steven Seagal is about to come in and sing. And do you think he's singing in his blues white guy voice? His white guy voice is also uh, copying some cultural appropriation there. No, he's not. So the, the lyrics here uh, become amazing. And so that's why I, just, I, I can't. I mean, it, again, you can see I, I'm barely contained here. I'm so excited about the rest of this song. You tell me, so. Okay, so I like I like that there was a little back and forth. There's a little call and response that she speaks, he speaks, she speaks, he speaks in the very last line they do together. That's nice. Shows them coming together as sort of a, a combination uh, of talents. Uh, you will also notice that every time he sings, it's 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 like he's trying to make sounds that are song-like. But I would say not actually. But it, it is hard to hear. Steven Seagal's spe- normal speaking voice is pretty poor. His singing voice isn't much better. So I'm going to s- speak the lyrics to strut for you. Uh, and then and then we can maybe, if there's nothing, there's nothing to analyze. What am I talking about? Anyway, it starts out with, Girl, what you really want all night? And she replies, me want the buddy. Now, I, buddy was a new term for me. So I, at first I was like, uh, not 100% sure what that meant, but I kind of already knew what that meant. Make me feel nice. Boy, what you really want all night. It's good that they're, you know, checking with each other. This is sort of a consensual relationship, which Steven Seagal does not do. Let's just be really clear about that. Steven Seagal has multiple sexual abuse cases, accusations. Uh, he also has human trafficking where he kidnapped a woman. He, he said, like, come be my personal assistant, locked her in a room, and tried to keep her as a sex slave. Uh, when that court, when that case came to, to, to 
uh, time to be prosecuted, he left. He left that state, and then afterwards he left the country. I think he lives in Russia now. I know he has a Russian passport. Uh, but at least in the song, it's consensual. Probably because he couldn't get Lady Saw to do on a song that's non-consensual the way he thinks it should actually be done. And he goes, well, me, me, want the, me want the punani. See for make nice. Uh, she want the buddy. Him want the punani. And me know it nice. Now, I was wondering if Steven Seagal had written those lyrics. Because I always imagine with songs that I dislike or I think are stupid, the person sitting down and actually writing out the lyrics themselves is Steven Seagal, you know, in his, his author's den uh, with a, a roaring fire and maybe a, a, a glass of brandy, uh, writing out the lyrics to Me Want the Punani, See For Make Nice, She Want the Buddy, Him Want the Punani. Now, I my suspicion is that maybe he didn't actually write this. Uh, and it's because, I, as I said myself, I didn't, I've never heard the term buddy used for the male appendage. So that makes me think Steven Seagal probably doesn't know it either. I just assume Steven Seagal is less culturally aware than I am, despite him having traveled around the world a lot more than me. So I think this was either ghostwritten or Lady Saw had some input uh, about the words that would be more natural for this style of reggae. But let's continue on in the adventure that is Strut. When the girls start to strut, you could look at them, but you shouldn't do that. The girl dresses just a pity, not just to cover her kitty. Now, I. When I hit this part, it was confused. There's a little bit of verbal Aikido going on there. And he's not only an Aikido master physically, he's also an Aikido master of words. Uh, so let me just show you what happened when the girls start to strut. So that's pretty straightforward. You could look at her, but you shouldn't do that. Now, what we're missing here is a comma. So we have to interpret what's going on. So you could look at her, but you shouldn't do that. If you put a comma after her, you could look at her, but... You shouldn't do that so you physically. Uh, or he could do it. He did the, the, the verbal Aikido and blend that into one sentence. You should look at her, but you shouldn't do that. Uh, it, leaves, it leaves the listener going, oh, I thought it was going one way. But then it went another. And that's what Aikido is all about. Think about just that because her clothes are just as pretty. That sentence barely makes sense to me. Uh, they're not just to cover her kitty. So don't look at the, the physical woman herself. Just enjoy sort of the, 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 the clothing she's put on. She's a beautiful woman. I think that's the message we're trying to get across here. Uh, clothes are not just to cover her, her kitty in this case. Me want the body if you make me feel nice Why? Tell me what you really want All night Me want the panani See if I make me nice Me love the way you are Sometimes the way you talk is so hot Now you know let's have a shot of rum Then me can make you come With me to the ocean That would be fat You can be my bow child Nice idle breeze Bring it to your knees Go jamming Yo! Okay, there's, there's a little bit more. So Lady Saw has a bit of a breakdown. Then we get back to Steven Seagal's lyrics, which are painful at this point. So, girl, what you really want all night, me want the buddy. That's a, a repetition of the line. Make me feel nice. Boy, what you really want all night, me, me want the punani. See for make nice. Baby, the way you walk is so hot. I don't think that's what he says in the song. It's what's in the lyrics, but I don't think it's what's in the song. And then there's actually a typo in this, I believe, because it says, baby, the way you wike is so hot. But I'm pretty sure it's just a typo. It's supposed to be walk. Let's have a shot of rum. 
So I, let's get let's get you good and drunk because it's the only way this is gonna work out. Then I can make you come with me to the ocean. So you see another bit of that verbal Aikido gets thrown in there. You can't. He is the master of all these things. Just he he he. Well, I can make you come. That's a very sexual thing. With me to the ocean. It's not sexual at all. Ah, my mind is blown by the depth that, that Stephen Seagal takes. Because I could not have written a line so good. Uh, there is the same trick done by a Canadian boy band that never got popular called, I think it's 3B or something. It's next, it's three boys. And the line they have is, make you come over to my house. That pause really makes it work. And, and he pulled the same thing here. So uh, a group of manufactured teens who are, who are making terrible pop music and Steven Seagal working on the same level. Uh, that would be fat, P-H-A-T. Uh, I think, again, I don't think Steven Seagal wrote that line. You could be my bow cat. I, again, I don't know that slang. A nice ital breeze. Bring you to your knees. We are jamming. How much? Uh, there's more to the song. It's it's halfway through, but they just repeat. There's another breakdown by Lady Saw, so uh, I'll just play a little bit more, but I'll probably cut this part out. Say my name, Steve. Tell me all night. Ah. Lady Saw's working hard for her money and she's earning it and she's awesome. I mean, this is the thing. You Even if you have zero talent, you can surround yourself with talented people if you have enough money. Uh, you'll notice I'm in this room alone, not because I don't have friends who are talented, but I have no money to pay anybody for anything. Uh, but regardless, uh, I'm not going to play the rest of the song. It Again, it just sort of repeats about the... Uh, uh, the, the vague sexual innu innuendos and it does the same thing um, but you can see the talent there the good part of the song is is Lady Saw and Steven Seagal kind of, kind of comes in and mumbles his way through as he does with every movie he's made in the last like 15-20 years uh, and I think the fact that I will never speak of him again will be good for me uh, it'll be good for society maybe it's time to move on and maybe I can find someone new to obsess over about how they don't deserve any of their fame or fortune. Uh, I do always wonder. I have, a, I have a little black spot in my heart that makes me go, am I jealous of Steven Seagal? Because I, I don't think it's jealousy. I think the problem is his fame is undeserved in his movies. I mean, any accolades he got. He only had like two mediocre films at the peak of his career. Again, all undeserved. And anyone who, who thinks he's good at anything, that's undeserved. But then I, I maybe I am jealous because I, I feel like I didn't get my chance to make shitty action movies, which I absolutely would have loved to do. Uh, but we need, a, we need a palate cleanser, right? I can't leave you like that. It's the end of the year and you've just heard half of one of the worst songs ever written by one of the worst men who's ever existed. We can't, we can't end like that. We need, to, we need to find joy. And so I recently watched a film called Miami Connection. Now, it is considered one of the worst films ever made, but it has a spirit that makes people like it because I watched it with two coworkers, two friends, and we all really enjoyed what we were seeing. Now, it is about a band in Miami, and they get a gig working, I assume, regularly at this bar. 
Now, the band is focused on music and taekwondo, which is a very specific set of interests. Uh, clearly, the, this is a vanity project. The, two, the, the relationship link between these two things, Steven Seagal's music career, vanity project, and this movie, also a vanity project. One, uh, awful. Every aspect of it is, is disgusting and gross. The other one, despite it not being very good, the sincerity comes through and you end up kind of liking it anyways, which is what I love. And it's even more so for the music. The person who wrote the song, who wrote the musics, the, the, the songs, I gotta get my plurals right, the person who wrote the songs, the music for the movie, did an amazing job. They are actually very talented. They write good. I know It's a very 80s product. It was made in the 80s. But for the 80s, this is like peak music. And it's it's stupid but enjoyable and the music's catchy and it sticks in your head and you're going to be thinking about this song called Against the Ninja for a very long time from the film Miami Connection. I'm going to have to stop for a second. I was supposed to stop a little earlier, but I actually got a little excited about the song. So uh, let's hit the lyrics for this one. Uh, let me point out, in the movie, there is a, a, it's opened with a, a ninja group attacking a, what is a drug deal. And I, one of the realizations I had is you can almost judge the quality of a film by how well their fake drugs are packed within the film. So like a high-quality film, they'll have those like bricks that are double, triple taped, and they have to cut it open with a knife, and then maybe the, the policeman who finds it, he tastes it and goes, mm, that's good cocaine. Uh, and then other ones, the sort of lower tier, they'll have Ziploc bags that are full, and then a lower tier beneath that would be a Ziploc bag that's only half full. Uh, there is one point in Miami Connection where there's just a pile of cocaine sitting on top of a table, which would, of course, blow away because they're outside. And that, again, gives you a sense of the quality of the film we're talking about. Now, the ninjas come in, they attack all the people doing the drug deal, which made me think that the ninjas were the good guys, but then they just stole the to cocaine and went off on their own. This is reiterated in the song. The band is singing the song. It's kind of our introduction to the band Dragon Sound. The problem I have with this song is that at this point in the film, they are not introduced to any ninjas. So to sit down and write a song about ninjas, not necessarily knowing ninjas exist, is already a really weird thing to do. But then to make your chorus Taekwon, 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 Taekwon is just a level above. Like this guy sits down, he wrote out Taekwon four times. Uh, but as you can see in that song, it kind of works. Like, this song, in its own way, kind of slaps. And it's really hard to argue. I would love to see some modern artists remix this into a new song, take elements of this, and make it into a modern version of Against the Ninja that would, you know, have some bass in it, some, 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 some... I was about to say, like, dubstep, but that's, like, already 15 years old. That's how old I am. That dubstep. I was watching a video the other day, and they were making fun of dubstep. That's actually probably why it's in my head. I was talking about an old video game and like if you like dubstep in like what I assume like 2005 to 2010 it would be in this game anyways uh, 
Let's analyze the lyrics. So against the ninja, we will fight the battle to win, which is always a good idea. You don't want to fight it to lose. Against the ninja, we will fight to battle the sin, which I found a very interesting lyric because uh, the inherent necessity of including sin is sort of implicitly implying that the ninjas are just just uh, evil from within. Uh, and then we get to the chorus, Taekwon, 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 Taekwon. Now, you know, there's not a little bit of satisfaction there. Trust me, that's coming soon. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually rewind this just a touch so we can get that next next part. Okay. Oh my God, I'm worked up. I honestly am. Uh, it is It is just so much fun as a song, but let's hit it. So there's fire in their eyes. This is the ninjas. There's fire in their eyes. They're not, there's no mercy in their hearts. These are not people who are going to, you know, give in or be kind to you. They tell their dirty lies to finish what they start. This movie has designed a very specific kind of ninja and it's just an evil organization. Evil is their drive. Hell possessing souls. Again, very connect that to the sin from earlier on, and you're starting to see an interesting trend where these ninjas are being compared directly to Satan or demons. War keeps them alive, fulfilling twisted goals. The twisted goals in this film uh, initially was to steal cocaine, and then secondary, to beat up a band uh, that took place of another band uh, in their their sort of their regular gig. We will stop the senseless killing, we will end this evil war. We will stop the senseless killing. We'll even out the score. Now, I, again, they didn't make it clear that they knew Ninja existed at all. So there is one point later in the film, which was quite funny because the Ninja just roll up and in on motorcycles because you know, there's nothing more like stealth than motorcycles. They stop the car and then they just say, Ninjas. And that tiny moment that one single word of exposition made it clear because this song had set up what the ninjas were in this uh miami connection universe but we're getting on to the 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 next chorus where you get a lot more satisfaction so let's let's hit that Okay, that was a lot because we got the chorus again, but I couldn't stop the chorus. Uh, and it, it blends into the next set of lines very well. So against the ninja, we will fight to w- the battle to win. Against the ninja, we will fight to battle the sin. So that's just a repetition of earlier. We strive for worldly peace. Excellent. To stop the vicious night. Hostility would seize. Taekwondo 
is our way of life. And something I learned from the movie Miami Connection, that Taekwondo is here and here. It's in our hearts. Uh, we will stop the senseless killing. We will end this evil war. We will stop the senseless killing. We'll even out the score. Then we hit the chorus again. Uh, and then we hit the, the, the refrain again. Uh, but I got to let it go for the rest because for the duration, there is one part that is super important that I, I'm not going to ruin for you. So let's just, I'm, I'm going to sing along a little bit. If you're at home, uh, you can, you've got all the lyrics now. You can sing along too. And I think if you're in your car, sing as loud as you want. Uh, just really get that Taekwondo spirit out there. like and then we're done we all we're all exhausted now um by looking into the the writer of the music because all the songs are good like that song is good uh it's just weird that it's about taekwondo but all the songs are good and we looked into the guy who wrote the songs and did perform the songs i think he played every instrument on them uh the band is up there as all the taekwondo friends also ironic i don't know why i forgot but they're also all orphans (laughs) just to make it that much more cartoony in what they're actually saying. But uh, he went on to write a whole bunch of Christian music. So the interplay of the religious sort of iconography, uh, the imagery, the, the religious imagery in this song Against the Ninja is not accidental. This is how this guy thinks. Like he thinks in good and bad, God and the devil, Taekwondo and ninjas. And yet it still works. You can actually take this exact song, swap out Taekwondo for Jesus and the ninjas for the devil, and it would just work exactly the same. You now got a Christian hit, which is I think that's how that guy made his career for the rest of his life. And good on him because that song is awesome and it has completely erased the concept of what I was speaking about earlier because now we've hit that point where I will never say his name again. I will never speak of him again. He is essentially a ninja and we are against the ninja and they are gone and i know one thing going into the new year and i think you know it too now deep down in your heart taekwon 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 taekwondo
So that is our end of year edition. Uh, hopefully we'll get another episode out next week. Uh, it'll be a new year. We're starting fresh. I hope you had a good Christmas if you celebrate Christmas or whatever holiday you celebrate. Uh, I hope you have a good new year. Take care of yourself. Take care of other people around you. Uh, and just remember, Taekwon, Taekwon, Taekwondo. <laughs>